الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحج اشهر معلومات فمن فرض فيهن الحج فلا رفث ولا فسوق ولا جدال في الحج وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الا ان دماءكم واموالكم واعراضكم حرام عليكم كحرمه يومكم هذا في شهركم هذا في بلدكم هذا او كما قال جدد and almost on the eve of that very great ibadat while the hujjaj would be performing the hajj but the lessons that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam gave at the time of hajj that is for all times and for all places during the days of hajj there were several khutbat several sermons that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam delivered one is a very well known and famous sermon and khutbah that was delivered on the 9th of zulhijjah on the day of arafa but that was not the only khutbah there were many khutbahs thereafter as well in the days while rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was in mina and these khutbahs these sermons that were delivered there are numerous lessons there the very important point to note is that this was the farewell pilgrimage this was the time when rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was saying alwida to the ummah and the indications were already made that this is the last gathering with the sahaba in this manner then this was that occasion where this entire gathering of sahaba were in one place at one time those who had been present there and this was a very confined time there wasn't much time to go into too many details so this was a very confined time and in this confined time there was this huge gathering of sahaba more than 100000 of them and rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is bidding farewell to the ummah in this manner so it's obvious that the very very important aspects are going to be highlighted is going to be a summary and a crux of all the lessons that had been given over time over the 23 years that had passed before that and the most important aspects are going to be highlighted now this is the lesson that we have to take to heart these are the aspects that we have to be very very conscious about after all this was the parting advice of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to the ummah so there are many many details in these khutbat in these sermons but just to touch on some of them in the time that we have and with this niyat and this intention that allah taala make this a means of us becoming completely practical on these lessons in one of the khutbat rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam addressed the sahaba and he said to them in this khutbah in this particular lesson he highlighted the fundamentals and the pillars of islam sallu khamsakum wa sumu shahrakum wa addu zakata amwalikum wa ati'u za amrikum tadkhulu jannata rabbikum the things rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said sallu khamsakum perform your five time daily salah this is something that cannot be 
emphasized enough. No matter how much is emphasized, it will still be less. After all, this is the most important obligation in a mu'min's life. That he starts off his day, he starts off his day by remembering Allah wa ta'ala. What kind of a day is that, that a person wakes up and he eats the ni'mats and the bounties of Allah ta'ala, he enjoys all the favors of Allah ta'ala, but he failed to put his head down in sajda first before Allah ta'ala. That he started off his day with fajr, that would be the day of a mu'min. In any case, the rest of his day also. So the first thing Rasulullah highlighted was the five daily salah. And then together with that fasting in the month of Ramadan, discharging the zakat correctly, and also with that, Nabi Islam says that obey those who are in your leaders. So there is some kind of obedience always that has been taught in deen. That a person has somebody to take direction from, somebody to take guidance from. Otherwise every person decides I'll do my own thing, what the end result of that is going to be is obvious. There'll be chaos. And unfortunately that is a kind of chaos that is happening in many quarters that everybody feels I am qualified enough to do everything on my own. I don't have to take any direction, any guidance from anybody. I want some kind of ruling in deen, then that too I will take my own decision from where I want, from whether it's Mufti Google, or I will open some translation of the Quran Sharif, or some translation of the Hadith Sharif, and I will decide on my own whatever I have to do. What the end result of that is, is already clear cut and very very apparent in front of us, that it is clear deviation. Nevertheless, this was one aspect that Rasulullah highlighted, in this he highlighted the ibadat, and the fundamentals and the obligations of deen. Then on another occasion, Rasulullah he addressed the Sahaba Ikram and he asked them a question. And this was something that was very common in the lessons of Rasulullah that he would commence by asking a question. Because by asking a question, this attracts everybody's attention fully, makes everybody think carefully at what is coming up. And in this way, the lessons would be embedded in the heart. So Rasulullah comments by asking that, what day is this? It was a day of Yawmul Nahar, the 10th of Zul Hijjah, which is a very sacred day, very Mubarak day. So they replied and said, Yawmul Haram, it's a very sacred day. What Haram here means, very sacred. A day of great honor and great sanctity, great position in the eyes of Allah Ta'ala. Then Nabi Islam asked them another question, that what month is this? It's a Zul Hijjah. This is Baladun Shahrun Haram. This is a very sacred month, a sacred day in a sacred month. And then Nabi Islam asked him, Ayyub Baladin Hada, which place is this? That was a sacred place. So after having asked these questions and the Sahaba each time answered, a very sacred day, sacred month, sacred place. Then Nabi Islam says to them, that now you have understood all this, what all this conveys, what is the message? That this is something very, very highly sanctified now. That you are in a sacred place, sacred month, sacred time. Just to understand this very briefly, that for example, Allah forbid, a person committed a sin. A sin is a sin no matter where it happens, when it happens. And which place on the world it happens. Haram is haram. A person lied. He engaged in ghibat and backbiting. It's haram anywhere. 
But now he engaged in ghibat in the month of Ramadan. That ghibat which was haram at any time of the year became even more haram now. It became worse. And then in the month of Ramadan, he committed that ghibat but way in the haram sharif. Now that became 100,000 times worse. Now this is how that sanctity increases and it makes everything else so much more serious also. So similarly, Rasulullah is now giving this message. Like as we understand the day of Jumu'ah, the month of Ramadan, then a person is, for example, it's the 27th of Ramadan and it's a night of Jumu'ah and he's in the Haram Sharif. So similarly, all these three things combined. Nabi Islam says, look, you have understood this. That now take this lesson. فَإِنَّ دِمَاءَكُمْ وَأَمْوَالَكُمْ وَأَعْرَادَكُمْ That your life, meaning every single person's life, every believer's life, your lives, your wealth, and your honor, every mu'min's life, his wealth, his honor, haramun alaykum, is sacred upon every single person. Each person's life, wealth, and honor is sacred upon everybody else. How sacred? كَحُرْمَةِ يَوْمِكُمْ هَذَا فِي شَهَرِكُمْ هَذَا فِي بَلَدِكُمْ هَذَا As you've understood the sanctity of this day, the sanctity of this month, and the sanctity of this place combined, how sacred that is. Can we imagine a person gone for hajj, and in a haram, and in the days of hajj, and he's committing haram, is beyond imagination. The worst person also goes for hajj, he leaves all his haram behind. How can I do this here, in this place, in this time? Such a sacred place, sacred time. That person who did sins his whole life to, he gives it up. At that time and place at least. So Nabi Islam is giving that message. That just as you understand this, understand it very well. Each person's life, his property, his wealth, and his honor is sacred upon every other person in the same way. To do something against his life, to harm him in his life, in his wealth, in his property, to harm his honor by backbiting about him, for example, to harm his honor by lying something about him, to insult him in some way, to mock him, jeer him, ridicule him, call him by some name that he's not happy about, to hurt his feelings unjustly, to do any harm to him. Something that Deen has forbidden to do that and harm your fellow Muslim. Nabi Islam is saying the harm of that is like sinning in a place of this sanctity is to do something as bad as committing the haram in the state of a haram on the days of hajj, in the place of hajj. So this was the message and the lesson Rasulullah gave. The lesson and a good part of these khutbah, there were many, many khutbah given in these days. The bulk of these khutbah deal with the rights of people. We discussed already the ibadat and the fundamentals and obligations of deen. That too was highlighted. But a great amount of the khutbah dealt with the rights of people. Al-Ariyatu Mu'addat. Nabi Islam is giving these kind of lessons, keeping in mind what we mentioned earlier, that this was a very, very uh, special time, and also very little time available. And the whole crux of deen had to be passed on. And on this occasion, where every moment was very precious, and the time very little, very limited, Nabi Islam is highlighting the very important aspects. Among those things, say Al-Ariyatu Mu'addat. Look, if you've borrowed something, return it. That is somebody else's property. You have no right to now use it beyond what was the arrangement or for a purpose other than that. You've borrowed something, return it. The rights of people to this extent. Well, what 
If you borrowed something, you have taken a loan, a debt, you're owing money. Then don't take it for granted. Well, I'm owing this money, the person will wait for it. No, you give him his money on time. And to delay that payment despite having the ability to do so, Al-Matalul Ghani Yulmun, Rasulullah described that as zulm, as oppression. And zulm, zulm is a very, very serious thing. So this was another lesson highlighted to uphold the honor of every person, to respect the life and wealth and property of every person. Then in another khutbah, Rasulullah again addressed the Sahaba, again bearing in mind that the very important aspects of deen are being highlighted. And among these important aspects, Rasulullah says, وَاسْتَوْسُوا بِالنِّسَاءِ خَيْرًا وَاسْتَوْسُوا بِالنِّسَاءِ خَيْرًا Accept my wasiyat, my emphasized advice, accept it, of dealing kindly with your wives. Can we imagine what a gathering, the galaxy of the Sahaba there, it's the time of Hajj, and the crux of deen is being now imparted. And the most important points are being highlighted. And among these most important points of deen, among the various things, Rasulullah is highlighting this. And he goes on further to elaborate on it, that there is an amanat in your hands, in your, in your possession, in an amanat. Allah Ta'ala is going to question you about this amanat. And after all, Allah Ta'ala himself has interceded on their behalf in the Quran Sharif. وَعَاشِرُهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ They deal kindly with your wives. Now, Allah Ta'ala has interceded on their behalf. Rasulullah is amplifying the same message on this great occasion of Hajj and which is recorded and preserved in the khutbat of Hajjatul Wada. The farewell pilgrimage, the advices that Rasulullah gave among them is this lesson of treating one's wife kindly, being good and kind to them. And there's so many ahadith of Rasulullah where the same message has been given خَيْرُكُمْ خَيْرُكُمْ لِأَهْلِهِ وَأَنَا خَيْرُكُمْ لِأَهْلِهِ Nabi Islam says, the best among you is the one who is best to his wife. And I'm the best of everybody to my wife. Nobody can match me in this regard. So in other words, you want to be somebody who's my follower, then follow me in this regard as well. Follow me in everything. This too is my way. This is how I deal with my wives. There's nobody that can match me in how good I am with my wives. You want to be good also? خَيْرُكُمْ خَيْرُكُمْ لِأَهْلِهِ the person who's best among you is the one who's best to his wife. It goes without saying, obviously, that this is well within the limits of Shariat and Deen, not transgressing the laws of Deen in being good to somebody. That is not being good. That is being transgressing the law of Allah Taala. That is the supreme law that has to be maintained at all times. So this is the lesson the Surah gave regarding the good treatment of wives on this great occasion of Hajjatul Wada. Then another very important lesson and a very important message. That was given and highlighted. Nabi Sallallahu on the occasion of Hajjatul Wada, he abolished whatever interest was owing to anybody. Initially, the people were involved in usury and interest. Then the laws of Allah Ta'ala were revealed, Quran Sharif ayat were revealed, which completely abolished and prohibited taking of any interest. And giving any interest also Rasulullah Sallallahu forbade. Witnessing the transaction, recording the transaction, all these parties, Rasulullah cursed. Allahu akila riba wa mukilahu wa shahidehi wa wa kalahum sawa. The curse of Allah Ta'ala is upon the person who takes interest, gives interest. And this is such a detested thing in the court of Allah Ta'ala. The person who witnessed the transaction, the one who recorded it, 
all have become targets of this curse. So on this occasion, Rasulullah highlighted this lesson again. That look, if anybody was being owed any riba and interest from the times of Jahiliya as well, that is all abolished. Nothing will be now owing to anybody in terms of the riba. Now this is a lesson which is clear cut. But in one hadith, Rasulullah foretold that as time goes closer to Qiyamah, the names of things will be changed and haram will be then be made halal. It cannot become halal. But people will treat it as with halal merely because some name has been changed. So interest will be changed to the name of Prophet. And it will happen every other day. Every now and again you hear somebody says, no, that I, I invested uh, so much with so and so. What kind of investment was this? No, I'll get 10% on the capital. I'll get 10% what? 10% on the capital? Is the candidate to be profit? 10% on the capital? There's no profit on capital. Profit is what is generated through the proper business transactions, what is bought and sold, whatever manner of lawful income generation they may be. There's no profit on capital. Profit on capital is simply interest. And unfortunately, this is a scourge in society. That this is happening. But the name is called profit. No, it will be profit. 10% on capital. So whether I have invested 100,000 rands, I will get my 10,000 rands. Come with me. That 10,000 rands, we should be very, very clear about it. It is riba, it is riba, it is riba. It is total interest. Call it by any name. And that will bring along the curse that Nabi Islam has incurred upon it. And that will turn things upside down. Allah tell us, protect us and save us. These are the very, very salient things of these, khud, this, these khutbahs and these sermons that Rasulullah delivered. And among the very, very important messages he left the ummah with, that remember this riba and interest is totally abolished. This is haram. And this is something in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala has declared war. Declared war against the one who still persists in taking that interest. So among the many lessons, these were some of the lessons. The time has already elapsed. These are some of the lessons that we discussed right at the beginning. Just to recap it very quickly, to refresh the lesson. One was the lesson of all the fundamentals of deen, the ibadat that we have to perform. Or five times daily salah making sure that our zakat is discharged correctly, fasting, hajj itself. This was the occasion of hajj. That wasn't mentioned on this particular occasion because they all were right there in hajj. Then the lesson of obedience to those who are truly the guides of the ummah. And thereafter the message that we learned was the aspect of upholding the sanctity of the life, the property, the honor of every Muslim. The very important lesson thereafter was the lesson of Good treatment to wives. This is again a very, very important lesson. Because often much zulm takes place in this regard. And the weak servants of Allah Ta'ala, what can they do? They are in a situation where they can't move right or left. That we just quietly bathe and suffer in silence and carry on. Because they don't want that marriage to break. And they can't complain to anyone also. And if this sounds like an exaggeration and ask those who are receiving and fielding the calls, if it's not every day, then it's every second day. So in any case, this is also a lesson Rasulullah highlighted, and then this very important lesson of interest and riba being completely haram and abolished. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq of bringing every lesson of deen into our lives and becoming complete practical Muslims in every sense of the word.